Welcome to Safe Space, the podcast where three friends come together to create a safe space for open and honest conversations. I'm Lynn. Hi, I'm Munira. We believe that everyone deserves a place where they can express themselves freely without fear of judgment and discrimination. I'm Saumu, and on this podcast, we delve into a wide range of topics from mental health issues to personal growth, aiming to provide insights and perspectives that promote awareness of mental health and wellness. Each episode will explore different aspects of creating and maintaining safe spaces, both in our own lives and in the world around us. We'll be sharing personal stories, interviewing experts, and engaging in thought-provoking discussions. We hope to encourage our listeners to embrace diversity, challenge societal norms, and foster inclusivity in their communities. It's about building bridges, breaking down barriers, and supporting one another. Our goal is to inspire change, empower individuals, and create a ripple effect of compassion and acceptance. We want to create a world where everyone feels seen, heard, and valued. So whether you're joining us for self-reflection, education, or simply to feel a sense of belonging, Safe Space is here to remind you that you're not alone. Together, we can make a difference. Tune in to Safe Space as we embark on this journey of discovery growth, and unity. We invite you to share your stories, engage in meaningful conversation, and join us in cultivating safe spaces both on and off the podcast. Remember, your voice matters and your experiences are valid. Welcome to Safe Space, that is Safe Space Podcast. Yay! (laughs) All right, we start the podcast. Yes. Welcome back to Season 2 of Safe Space Podcast. It has been a minute. I'm Lynn. Assalamualaikum. I am Munira. Welcome back to another season. We're excited to be back after a long break. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Saumu. Welcome back. We missed you so much. How have you ladies been? Where can you begin? I don't even know where to begin. There's so much happened, yeah? Yeah. We took like a Ramadan break and then a a little longer, a little longer. But yeah, it's been great. But you know, we actually took an off from recording. We had episodes until the second last week of Ramadan. Oh, yeah. yeah so it was, it's just been a break from recording, but we've had episodes until I think I can't remember when we posted our last episode, but it, it hasn't been as long as you think it is. It, it, it feels like it's been months <laughs> because we last recorded at, before even Ramadan started. Started, yeah, that's why. But anyway, it's so good to be back because a lot happened. Um, Ramadan was amazing. I don't know. It just, I don't know. Every time you experience Ramadan, you always say, no, this one was different. No, this one hit. This one, you know, I feel like every Ramadan has that. It does that to someone. because you're in such a peaceful spiritual state Mm -hmm. so and and with growth you experience it differently because you're pondering on what the actual meaning of ramadan is what it means to you what you feel how you want to come out of it so every experience is different because you're a different person every ramadan that's my thinking yeah that explains it if you were to put like, if you to choose like one word for Ramadan, your last Ramadan, like what was your theme? What would you say your theme was? Peace. Peace. Munira? Uh, tranquility. It was just, I think, though everything felt, 
the leaves, everything, the trees, everything was just so calm. Even in my life, everything was just calm. I didn't express, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find anything that would make my life, you know, harder compared to <laughs> those days that are not Ramadan. But I don't know. And you, Saumu? Guidance. This is all about guidance. Mm-hmm. But before I had like a prayer list, and then once Ramadan started, my prayer list just was kaput. I had to do another one, all revolving around guidance. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I learned, or, or rather, I took this Ramadan to understand supplications. Like we oh. make these supplications every day, but what do they actually mean? Where did they stem from? Yeah. What was the context for this supplication to come about? So uh, I had one supplication for each day. So by the end of Ramadan, I had 30. Wow, mashallah. But I pondered and then uh, I was attending some classes that was yeah. now explaining them in depth. Wow. Then during Suhoor, I would listen to Mufti Menk, like now explain, the, because it worked that the supplication mm. picked for the day would mm. somehow coincide without, with what Mufti Menk would cover. And I was wow. like, wow, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just, it was very interesting to understand that sure. Islam has a supplication for everything, for every problem, for every huddle. There's a supplication yeah, about true. it to help you. So what is our excuse for not knowing these things? That is none. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, that's so beautiful, mashallah. Allahumma. Wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. in regard, like we all know that it's mental health awareness month and uh, we would like to share something with our listeners. What, um, what, what we've gone through um, regarding mental health, our experiences, our belief in mental health, how we take it so seriously. So yeah, welcome back. Yeah. So our topic will be the role of therapy and counselling because I think there's something we all have in common. We have experienced it in some measure. We have, subhanAllah, yeah. So, Munira, start yes. us off as our, our therapist in the making. <laughs> oh, I, I don't, therapy is, I don't know, for you to actually reach that level of, to decide that, you know what, I need therapy. Like so much has gone on in your life and for you to actually reach that moment. I don't know, we normally have that kind it's either something happens in your life, something either negative, mostly it's negative because it pushes you to go and seek help. So um, depending on life experiences, if you're going through trauma, there's just that one trigger that just leads you to say, you know what? No, I can't do this. I can't solve this problem by myself. I need to hear it from a professional's perspective. So uh, for me, it, uh, it got, I think I've shared this before. I think when I had my son, I had a minor, I wouldn't say it's, it was major. I would say it was minor. Um, Monero, let me interrupt you first. Yeah. Yeah. Explain to us what therapy is. Therapy is, I don't know how, in simple terms is, Seeking help, seeking guidance, like from a trained professional. Yes, and it's a 
it's a non-judgmental environment as in whatever you say stays there. Like this person is, is just concentrating on you. The outside world doesn't matter. So therapy is just, to me, is something warm. I, when I go to therapy, I feel like I'm being seen, I'm being heard. So I don't know how to put it in simple terms, but yeah. Can you say that therapy is a safe space to express your feelings your thoughts, your concerns. Absolutely. The safest place of all. <laughs> yeah, it's just an umbrella of where you, your worries just disappear as in, yes, the perfect word is safe space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the perfect word is the name of our podcast, Manila. Imagine, it's just, it's really a coincidence. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I could talk every, I could talk like forever if, if we delve into therapy, because it's something, it's something I'm very passionate about. So I would like to hear from your views now. Oh, about therapy? Yeah, your personal experiences. Well, initially, I didn't believe um, the type who needed therapy until I, I thought I, I have my emotions in check and I can control myself. I didn't think feelings can overwhelm me. Until I went through some life-changing experience and I just could not explain what it is I was feeling. I'm the type who suppresses emotions, but mine were now overflowing and I couldn't understand why I'm very angry and I can't point what is making me angry. Why? And it reached a point I had no feeling. I was just existing. So... I was told to try therapy and I went in for therapy. That's that's the first time. But still, I wasn't open-minded. So I don't think it made me feel any different until I went through a bout of some crazy anxiety and depression. Now, at that point is when I understood the magnitude of therapy and how talk therapy uh, helps you it helps you release these things you have as a specialist who is helping you understand what it is you're going through why are you going through this depression what is triggering your anxiety so somebody is explaining to you and that is when therapy made sense to me yeah so in short you say someone like someone helped you helped you identify that emotion like you had this so much pent up emotions and you couldn't figure out what's what's causing it you can't pinpoint what what is this emotion i'm feeling yeah i i didn't understand what depression and anxiety was okay i knew what depression is the textbook definition and when i was going through an anxiety or panic attack i knew what i was going through i knew what it was but i didn't know where it stemmed from what was triggering it so therapy made me understand Because I remember I used to feel sick and have body aches. And I didn't know why I'm feeling that way. At some point, I was so hard on myself saying I'm just too lazy that I can't move. Because there are times I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. So I was being so hard on myself. Like, how lazy can you be? Until I was told that's just a side effect of the sickness you're going through. It's it's don't be the more you're hard on yourself, the more pain you're going to feel. So it took a therapist to make me understand that as human beings, we can't function with suppressing what it is we feel. 
we need to let it out. We need to talk. And if you don't understand what you're feeling, you need to seek help so that you can even be a better person people, to the people around you. So that's my experience. Then when you say talk therapy, um, in psychology terms, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. That's why you just sit with your therapist and they help you manage your problems by changing the way you think and the way you behave. Mostly it revolves around anxiety and depression. When you experience those two, most of the time your therapist will use that type of technique to help you tackle your mental issues. So that's the same thing that happened to me too. When When I had my first anxiety attack, I went through the talk therapy, which is CBT, with my counselor. I was referred to a counselor by the doctor. My heart rate was around 120 to around 130. Yeah. And the normal is 72, yeah? Yeah. And I was having a constant migraine that wasn't stopping. It was just constant from Monday to Friday, constant migraine. And I was having a lot of insomnia. So... The doctor just told me, I've tested you for everything. I've not seen any alarming thing or any disease. So I think the best thing for you to do is uh, to go for counseling. Because I, he diagnosed me with anxiety disorder and insomnia. So that's when I first encountered therapy. But with a background in psychology, I understood that I knew the importance of therapy. But you know, <laughs> they say, Kisailim Ganga Hajigangi. As much as you know all this, you you really can't help yourself. Because I remember this one time Munira was making a joke. She was like asking, I think, I don't know if you asked your therapist or you were just telling us. She said, (laughs) your therapist, you, you see a therapist. The therapist sees a therapist and the other therapist sees another therapist. So who is that top therapist who doesn't see anyone? I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. asking, I remember asking my therapist, it's like, now everybody just comes to you and dumps and dumps and dumps their traumas and everything. So what do you, what do you, what happens to you now? It's like, they normally go for, yeah, I don't know what she, she called it, but they have these supervisors that keep, they keep them in check. They go and discuss cases with them. The extreme ones, they're being told now to talk about them. So yeah. Yeah. When it comes therapy there are different types of therapies we have individual therapies we have group therapies we have organizations therapies we have society therapy so maybe the one they go for maybe it's organizations therapy because they're all therapists going for counseling and the one that we went for is mainly individual therapy when it comes to um group therapy maybe I don't know if the only group therapy I've seen is working moms. (laughs) I can't remember the name of that lady. (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, the one who sits with all the mothers and they all come there and they dump their problems. They dump their issues. And the one who is listening to them is also going through the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only group therapy I remember. And then another group therapy I've seen is um, the one for alcoholics and uh, drug addicts. The ones you see in movies where they're sent to yeah, yeah. But there is group therapy at that um, Chiromo, whatever. Yeah. If you're yes. admitted there, you go for group therapy. Wow. 
business names. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. I, I was just thinking out loud today, you know, I've, I've noticed there's no, let, there's no support group for divorced women in our community. As in, it would, have, it would be, it would be, something nice to have a, a community that hears them, that doesn't judge them. Um, like this now, the therapy, this talk, group therapy for them, where they come and discuss, like drug addicts, they normally say, hi, my name is this and this, and I'm addicted to this. Now, now imagine a community for that, now for divorced women. That would, that would be, be, yeah. That would be amazing. But, but my, my big question would be, would you have to have gone through divorce for you to be the therapist? Not really, but I think you'll need a skilled professional to be able to guide. Yeah. But, but it makes sense. You only open up to somebody you can relate to. So this, if somebody, a therapist, for example, who has gone through divorce is the one leading this therapy session, it's easier to open up because you almost feel like they can relate. Which, which is why it's a support group. A support group is for like-minded people who've gone through the same experience. That's why there's an alcoholic or whatever, because they're all alcoholics. You'll get even the, the one who's, uh, what's the word? The therapist, the one who's in charge, is a recovering alcoholic. So oh, I think it makes yeah. sense to be with somebody who you can relate to. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But you know, when we go for these therapies and uh, the psychotherapy and the counseling, there's one thing that normally happens. I don't know if it's for everyone, but it's something I noticed that they they focus more on your moods and your behaviors and your perspectives, so as to understand the emotions that you go through. But yes. then they develop a certain pattern that comes out of it, and through developing that pattern, is when they're able to come up with a a diagnosis, yeah, diagnosis or um, what is it called? I'm looking, they are. I'm looking for this a pattern that you're addicted to that is causing all these responses in your behavior and your emotions. So in that, maybe we can look at um, the importance of therapy in general. Oh, wow. That one, we can, we can talk about it forever, trust me. <laughs> Until kingdom come. Wow. <laughs> There's something else I, I noticed with my therapist, yeah? There's this yeah. method she uses before to analyze you. Like, um, I've recently learned it's called introspection, where she lets you talk, and then now she's monitoring your body language, the tone variation you use when you're talking mm -hmm. about a certain person who's caused you anything, stress. Mm -hmm. then if, yeah. if, you're folding, if you're folding your hands, she will tell you, no, you're not telling me everything. The way you're folding your hands, or if your heart is palpating, as in you're sweaty, as in, I didn't know until recently. I'm like, okay, the moment she tells you how's your week, just know that she's gone to that mode of now yeah. letting you. <laughs> as she I have a personal experience. I'd gone to her. There's a topic that was very hard for me to talk about. So she wanted me to discuss it. So I just brushed through it. And uh, she let it go in the first session. And then for the next session, she's like, let's cover this again. So as usual, I brushed mm -hmm. through it. So she nudged me to go into detail and she just saw how I, I didn't, 
uh, pick it at first, but I realized how tense I became. I was clenching my wrists and she just told me, can you just let go? Let go. I'm not going to judge you. Just let go. So that's when I was like, okay, they pick at everything. And then at the end of the session is when she told me that I could see how tense you are. So I didn't want to push you in the first session. So I went to the second one and you're still there, nudging, like clenching. So just let go. They look at everything. Even now you start talking fast. They just notice everything and write on their notebook. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, introspection is usually known as the first person perspective. Like yes. the first thing you look at, the first response, you stimulus, the way it will respond, the first thing. So you, yes. your therapist at that time turns into more like a detective. Yeah. So, so in your mental condition, all the stimulus are a lot. Everything. You focus on your internal thoughts and your feelings and you're trying to guard them. But at that time, when your therapist turns into a detective, they try to push you into focusing on that item that you don't want to focus on. Yeah, and once makes you sense. That, they're able to examine what, what kind of thing that you're facing or what kind of condition you are ongoing. So... Mostly it's more of your conscious thoughts and your feelings. It's usually yeah. very fun studying it. <laughs> I mean, it just, remember, it just reminded me of a class. That's why I'm laughing. I remember <laughs> the, we were being told to focus on one thing and our minds were just racing everywhere. And then the work of the counselor now is to take you back there. You're racing back to another thing. It's like, no, 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 let's talk about that. How does it make yeah. you feel? That's when they'll ask you questions like, how does it make you feel talking about it? <laughs> Yes. What, what should you just like? Question? Hmm. You're done. You, you start something. Just know that. <laughs> you start fidgeting. You start doing everything. Yeah. Quite interesting. Those are, those are the kind of like, you see, you already know these things. And when you go for counseling, it provides you with this education and these skills that help you like understand your mental health conditions, their diagnosis and the treatment options that you're given. Because if you don't go for counseling, you'll not be able to learn these patterns or you wouldn't be able to know that you guard a certain part of your stories or a, a certain part of your past. Yeah. And it also helps demystify mental health because in our African setting, it's almost taboo. You can't be depressed. And, uh, more so men. Men can't show emotion. From a young age, you'll hear parents telling their sons specifically to man up. You can't cry. Why are you crying? Are you a girl? So from a young age, these boys know that they're not supposed to be emotional. So they end up just harboring so much. And then they grow up to be very angry men in society. And they don't take accountability for their behaviors and what they do and it just raises a messed up generation or just everyone is just messed up because we don't want to talk about our feelings we don't want to admit that we have feelings and it can be overwhelming at some point and it's okay so therapy and normalizing it is demystifying this yeah if you don't do that if you don't do that you lose resilience yeah. to cope with those things that you are facing mentally and the moment you lose resilience you now have low self-esteem 
you're not able to cope up with problems that come your way. You don't have self-efficacy. You lack optimism. You just look at things negatively because you're not able to express what you're feeling because the society expects you not to. This, this, I don't know. Where did I hear this? Someone said, um, was it in one of the dars that we attended? Yeah. I don't know where I had this, but someone said, I, please don't come for me for this, but they say that, most men in our society are very bitter. <laughs> Why does that sound like my aunt? <laughs> say something like that. <laughs> they say most men in our society are bitter. It's because mm-hmm. they don't have a platform where they can express themselves. Expressing themselves mainly is taken as being weak. And the yeah. society just expects them to be like, had to be hard and to be all these things that they are not that's why you find most men want to be ceos but they forget the fact that each each individual has their own skills and their own talent and they have their own destiny and they can rule their destiny and not be ceos and still make a lot of money and live happily ever after but because we don't have that opportunity or that platform to go and tell them you need help go for counseling it will help you have a purpose in life. It will help you align with your, with your things that you want to align with. It will help you cope with the things that are coming after you. And eventually you'll have this positive energy around you and you'll feel like you can do stuff and achieve them. And you'll accept even failure and look at it in a different way. But because it's not there, you find so many men are so, <laughs> so bitter. I I was having a conversation with a childhood friend very recently and he is not doing okay. So I was trying to tell him that it's okay to not be okay. And I lightly suggested, have you considered therapy? And he almost went off on me like, how dare you tell me such a thing? Why am I going to talk to somebody about my feelings? I'm not doing that. Like you could hear the anger. And I told him, even that anger you're expressing towards me is a problem. That is why you need therapy. Why is me suggesting you need help? So triggering. It's such a trigger. Because his voice even changed. You know, I had to be like, calm down. I'm not fighting you. This was just a conversation. Then I told him then, if you don't want to go to therapy, Mm -hmm. talk to somebody who you can trust. And he, uh, so he was like, "Um, you want me to talk to you? but you don't tell me about your feelings. So I'm like, so you telling me about how you're feeling is an exchange. You can't tell me if I don't tell you. So you see, you, we have to be at par. You can't just be vulnerable with me without me doing it in return. That's how men are finding it so hard to, to express themselves. Yeah. Those are the misconceptions we need to take out of, from our society because we don't want that to go on. Yeah. You know, the craziest thing I've had recently is someone said um, therapy is just to talk about your problems. And I was like, how? People view it as, you know what, I'm going to therapy. That means I have a problem. But yes, does that really mean that therapy is just for solving problems? I think it's beyond it, beyond problems. But you see, you, you can think that way because you've gone to therapy and you know you can go whether when you're having the best day of your life and when you're having the worst day of your life. But for somebody who's never gone for therapy, the misconception is 
therapy is for when you have problems and we all go for therapy when we have problems no one in their right mind just decides to go for therapy like let me try this thing out a problem is what yeah. triggers you to see what drives help. you yeah. yeah but it's when you are inside there is when now you find out it's more than that it's not just your problems is is giving you coping mechanism is how to handle your triggers yani is it's just a broad thing it can't just narrow down to problems yes to begin with is your problem but when you go there everything just opens up subhanallah yeah you know most clients they go for counseling just looking for one specific area of their life for example yeah. you hate your job and you go for counseling because you don't love your job or you don't want to be in the marriage that you're in and you go for counseling because you feel like you're in a toxic marriage but the moment you leave therapy you live with new insights new tools it provides some meaning and positive emotions in your life and even it gives you like some coping skills that can give you like a healthier sense sense of self-worth and this mostly happens like when you go through whatever i was telling you guys the cbt training there is something in cbt that's called um what's that name stress inoculation therapy i think it's a form of cbt they teach people like how to have adaptive patterns of thinking and emotional and behavior responses so yeah. when lin's friend was triggered and looked at it like it's something that it's absurd that's how you know there was a problem there or there is a problem if he hasn't seeked help yeah something yes. else like what you've just said about um getting you through that and coping you giving you all the armor to fight people people think like um therapy again for the negative and the sad things you're going through about life but to actually to give you in a charge like we experience stress every day in our lives as in there's no one who said at today i didn't experience any stress in my life there's so much there's so much stresses in our life what therapy does for you is it just equips you as like it gives you the armor how to deal with it um, how am i going to react this stress is here yes what am i going to do about it should i react should i react negatively or should i calm down take my breath and look at it in a different perspective so uh, this is i don't know therapy is just something subhanallah another misconception is there's an end to therapy like you go you're fixed you go and you'll get fixed and you're a different <laughs> person there's no end to it because yeah, it's like not it's not a quick so fix <laughs> it's it's not a quick fix and there's no fix because your life doesn't remain the same it's constantly changing and these changes can de- and can trigger different things that will still need you to go for therapy. So there's no end to it like how you can have a sickness and you get treated and that's it. It's imeshapo. With therapy, there's many stresses in life that will force us to still go back and seek other ways of coping. Like there's yeah. no there's no guide that's a straight line. You go for therapy, you can't even say I'll I'll go for therapy for 6 weeks and I'll be good. You can go for therapy for 2 months you'll be good. You can go for a year and you still need more help depending on how much trauma you've been through in your life. So there's no end to it. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something funny, yeah. Um I'm I'm recently in a new crowd. So there's a time I just said, I just casually said, you know what? 
yeah, 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 but you know, I go for therapy because, you know, I have to deal with these things. So I was like, and then there was some awkward silence. I was like, so people don't say it out loud when they're in therapy. Do people say it? Because I was like, did I say something? I was like, why, why is there an awkward silence because I said I'm in therapy? Is it, is it something a taboo? Is it still a taboo? About it? For many yeah. people, for many people, oh. it's, it's something that you can't openly say because how can you openly admit? You say, when you say therapy, in someone's mind, someone who doesn't know better, it rings that, you're, you're mad. So why are you openly saying that you're mad? You know? So when it's, you, which is what I say, before you dismiss something, take yeah. time to read about it. We have information of, on everything. So understand even what you're feeling, try and understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Like when I said when I was going through the panic attack, I knew what it was because I read. I just went on to Google and said, mm-hmm. I typed down what it is I was feeling and it gave me options and one of them was a panic attack and anxiety. So mm-hmm. I knew what it felt like to be anxious normally because I'm generally very anxious. But then when the attacks came, it made sense that this is a panic attack because it's there for some time and then it goes away. So just read about these things to have a better understanding before you start, you start judging people for seeking help. Wow. There's, yeah. there's, another, there's another misconception I had that therapy is only for people who are seriously mentally Ill. Ill you know, mm-hmm. the crazy ones. Exactly. Like, and then to top it all, um, given that I come from uh, two communities, there's a certain community that hasn't really embraced uh, mental health. So you tell someone, you know what, auntie, whatever you're experiencing, by the way, you know, I can take you somewhere and seek help. So the moment you mention those, oh, unanita zimo, oh, nini, as in, I don't know why therapy has been put in a way that it's just for the mentally ill, like wale wenda zimo. Then I don't know, and then the other one is like therapy is just for the rich, you know, it's expensive, so it's for the rich. And I've but seen if you think about it, people who offer uh, therapy for a thousand bob. But how many know? people can afford that one thousand shillings to go for therapy? That's one session. That's one session. That's one know. session. Yeah. You're here battling between surviving and going for therapy. You're going to so you're going to choose survival. Therapy is for the rich in in the world. It you is think for so. The, so it's it not a, a misconception. Not a misconception. It's a fact. Because if somebody is going through therapy, or is going through a hard time, and they need therapy, yeah. for a good therapist, you need to part with five thousand shillings. That is one session. Four thousand shillings for yeah. one session. And one yeah, session yeah. doesn't help you. One session is introductory. You're just getting to know this therapist. How many people mm. can afford that? Even the, the cheapest you're saying for a thousand shillings, it's still yeah. a lot of money for most. It's for the common one, Yeah, so it's not, it's, not, it's not a misconception. It's a fact. So yeah. I think we'd say it's expensive, but not only for the wealthy. Because I feel like... It's only for the wealthy because they're the only <laughs> ones who can afford Lila, <laughs> sure we don't have like free therapy or there is. I, I don't know. Is it Amani? I don't want to mention the institute. Amani is not free, my dear. But 
no 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 but i i feel like it's i haven't seen in the muslim community but i have seen it in the church like the church offers free yeah where you see that the therapy offered in the church is yeah. very religious based so which opens oh. room for judgment you go there with once when you're going for therapy you're already so naked you're putting yourself in front of a stranger and yeah. then you go to somebody who's of the church and you're saying this dark things that you've done maybe mm-hmm. and then they start um linking it to religious things you you just feel very judged so people opt not to go for that wow and the free therapy you're talking about yeah. need somebody who's on the verge of suicide is when you'll seek help when it's down bad otherwise somebody because it's free someone really won't take their time to understand and help you if it's We're free we're not there yet if it's free you know if you pay uh-huh. for it you're paying for you're paying for that time so this therapist is actually doing a job but but if it is free yeah. um for example you had a hard week and your therapy is on wednesday the therapist can just text you and tell you i'm not available today let's see maybe next week next week they're caught up elsewhere they tell you okay i'm not available let's try the other week wow. you see so it becomes very it's accessible yes it's not mm-hmm. a lot not many people know about it but i don't think you get the value wow that's just sad subhanallah it is wow i was just i just that idea just came to me i was like now even our masjid should be offering free services of you know mothers with mental health issues divorced women as in the moment the more we talk about these services are not available for the common one which is the more i think about is like now what what can you do about it yeah exactly you see for for masjids before the mosques start offering therapy they need yeah. to normalize you'll see uh-huh. that many religious people say that you cannot be depressed how dare you be depressed it means you're not grateful so once you put that in somebody they start you even start feeling worse about yourself like you're trying to be a good muslim but how is it that i'm also not grateful to the fact that to the point that i'm depressed so they need to normalize that even the prophet went through depression hence why we have a surah dedicated surah. to it yeah. yeah so you see once you understand this you stop feeling bad about being depressed because imagine being depressed and then feeling bad about it that i'm not i'm not grateful that's why i'm feeling depressed it's very it makes your situation even worse so our mosques need to normalize and say that depression is there and help people give guidelines on how to who to talk to open now open up the mosques for muslim counselors who can volunteer their time on certain days but fasted by normalizing mental health okay all right so thing i was reading Psychologist and clients cannot become your best friends. Ah, no, no, no. I'm telling you. I really know that I'm about to say it. 
I'm, I'm not listening to that. The therapeutic relationship of a psychologically intimate, but strictly, it should be a professional one. So you can't say... I agree you, with that. I agree with that 100%. So you say and you can't love your therapist. You can love your I therapist. Do, I don't well. think that love is genuine, Munira, because yeah. look at it this way. Uh, most people go for therapy when they're down bad. Mm-hmm. This therapist oh, helped your hand until you got to a better place. You're going to be attached to them. But at the back of your mind, they're not your friend. They do this to everybody. So everybody <laughs> loves them and appreciates them. You're not special. In short, is you're not special. It's their job. Yeah. There's, there's so you this... can't be friends. You can... You can uh, appreciate their skill. You can love them for helping you, but they're not your friend. Yeah. There's this series I watched. It's about a therapist and the client uh, relationship. And what, what we fail to understand is the moment you feel like you're connecting with your therapist, um, from her perspective, I feel like it's more of a, how this movie portrayed it is in a way that this person is feeling pity for you and you here you are emotionally bounded with that pitiness. You would confuse like, you know what? I have a connection with my therapist. In real sense, this therapist is just doing their job. Exactly. And they feel that pitiness for you. It's not care. It's not love. It's, you know. Munir, yeah. I don't think it's pity either. I don't think it's pity. I That's feel like, in my opinion, is therapist... Um, they're trained to to empathize with you. As oh, soon as you walk out of that door, as soon as you leave, your problems are closed. They're on to the next person. It's more like psychologically intimate, like yes. but the, the ethics and the law of counseling. And it's very clear if you break the boundary between a professional relationship and a friendship relationship, you lose your license for this, for such infractions. You just lose your license. Imagine the, yeah. the code of ethics is just crazy. As in, I read about them. I was like, wow. Do you know that they, they are allowed a certain percentage of uh, deception? Yeah. Like right. they can deceive you just to extract information from you. Let's say a suicidal person, yeah? They are, they are allowed to deceive you, like to get some information that is helpful to them. But the law also requires them to tell you about that deception later on when they've gotten the information from you. I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is crazy. You think the stories that therapists give, you know, they can give you a story where you really relate to them. Yeah. Sometimes and these stories are not even about them, but they just need you to relate so you can open up. They're doing a job. The job is to make you feel better. So they'll yeah. use whatever means to make you comfortable. You only yeah. open up to someone you're comfortable with. So they'll use whatever means to make you comfortable. And then you start opening up. The end yeah. goal is your healing. Yeah. Another thing is psychotherapy is mostly just talk. Can you agree or disagree? <laughs> That's <laughs> On a which side? It's a misconception that is there that uh, psychotherapy is just mostly talk. But no. you know, it's not true because when you think about it, um, the therapist sets goals for you. They identify your problems. 
they monitor your progress sometimes. And the worst thing that I hate the most is the homework. And oh, the reading the assignments as part of the process. I really don't like it. But yeah. that's a misconception people have. Like People think that when you go for therapy, you're just going to talk. And I, I remember yeah. um, someone very close to me told me, I cannot go for therapy and talk to a stranger and tell a stranger my problems. That's a red flag, by the way. One of the red flags is uh, the moment you mention therapy and the person is saying, you know what, what's the point? Ah, ding. You can't call it a red flag. It's just a lack of information. It's not a red flag because I used to be like that. Why am I going to talk to a stranger about my problems? But that, then it got to a point where I knew better. So it's not a red flag, it's just lack of knowledge, really. They don't yeah. know. They've never experienced. And according and therapy really is going to talk to a stranger. That is what it is. You're paying to talk to a stranger. You do most of the talking in a therapy session. So ideally, that is what it is. But if you know better, you understand the magnitude that it's not only that. Yeah. 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 Wow. Another thing is, um, mostly people, when they go for therapy, they blame everything on their childhood. And that's, <sighs> that's a misconception. I read about it and I was so surprised that psychotherapists <laughs> blame a client's problem on their upbringing. That's, that's, those are lies. Not everything, not every problem is connected to your childhood. Some problems most are your environment, yes, but some yeah. are connected to the environment. Some are connected to so many things, but yeah, childhood is just maybe a percent as a, a percentage. Yeah, do you, do you know? I found out that recently, like, um, the contribution of um, the environment is huge. Like, what you learn from the environment, what you pick from your parents, what you pick from your peers is what you that will influence your, your behaviors and mental processes and when are these behaviors influenced the most in your early first childhood. environment which when your, 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 yeah, your early childhood so i asked a therapist once because yeah. everything i kept saying mm-hmm. they'd ask can you tell me how you grew up can you tell me how you grew up then i'm like does it mean all my problems stem from childhood and they're like, most people's problems do stem from childhood. Your upbringing, yeah. the environment you are in. But most of these things, because that's where you're shaped, is yeah. from childhood. Like my not being able to share my emotions and all that, that's from childhood. I've never known an environment where it's, it's safe for me to come and say what I feel. So I learned how to cover my emotions and just suppress and go on with life. There's no opportunity for me to maybe cry. Being a firstborn, why are you crying? Can you get your act together? So I, to date, even if I have this overwhelming urge to cry, I will hold back those tears because I know it's not okay to just express yourself. Now, in my mind, I know that's mm-hmm. not the case, but that's that's just how I am right now. So I will tell you it's okay to cry, but that yeah. doesn't work for me personally. I can't express my emotion. I can be overwhelmed, but I, I won't know how to express it to somebody else. Like just talk to somebody. It's okay to 
tell someone how you're feeling that doesn't work for me so and all this is from childhood i realized before therapy i thought that was my strength but after therapy i'm like it's like it's a problem that is a sure. big problem choco news panel last yeah. yeah wow as much as we go to therapy to have our problems solved we always have to remember that therapy doesn't solve our problems you know that right the problems are usually just there it's just how to cope with them you know yeah they just give you coping mechanisms and how to go about it they get mm-hmm. most of the time even the clients are the ones who come up with the answers and Imagine. the therapist guides you on how to go about it they just empower you to find those answers within yourself that's another misconception that's another misconception that the therapist helps you sort out your problems you sort out your problems yourself the therapist yeah. just guides you gives you uh, the, the homework that they keep giving you helps you understand and they never they never make a decision for you you make the decision yourself with the knowledge that they have provided you yeah and as much as we have friends and families and uh, very close people in our lives that doesn't mean that we don't need therapy because these people can be very subjective when they give us answers mm. they can just they, they can go with what thing what they think is right with them but they are not professionals we need professional help and we mm-hmm. need someone who's not going to think about our emotions they're going to tell us the truth the way it is and help us cope with it exactly yeah so we wind up mm-hmm. yes So would you say we need therapy? Do we go for therapy? No. We all need therapy. Um in my opinion, we need tel- therapy to heal from our past. We need therapy for when changes are happening in our life. Uh, for example, if you're planning on getting married, go for therapy yeah. because that's a life-changing situation. Yeah. You're yeah. planning to maybe start a new job. Go for therapy because that's also life changing. Just normalize seeking help, yeah, and that to- it's okay to not be okay. No, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah. Of the day. <laughs> not be okay because we need we need these skills to help us navigate in our lives. Yeah, things don't have to get too serious for you to go for therapy. Yeah, don't wait what, what, to be depressed. Would yeah, you say it's a last therapy. resort? No, no, no. Ideally, not. it is, but it shouldn't be. It's the last resort is not even therapy. After therapy, do you know what happens when your mental yeah. health is down the drain? What happens after that? Ah, uh, it affects your physical illnesses. health. Yeah, it's straight to physical illnesses. The yeah, doctor says all that in your mind before it gets to your physical body. Exactly. Wow. So, so it shouldn't be a last resort. If you can seek therapy, also I think people need to normalize um having a circle that you can trust so yeah. that you're not overburdened with your problems. Just um talk to people. Just have yeah. a safe space where you can this friends might not really help you psychologically but yeah. once you've expressed yourself it lifts a burden off you and you're better off as opposed to just suppressing and suppressing and then ending up depressed and having anxiety 
so what is this saying that people say a problem half shared is half solved yeah yeah, yeah. sounds cliche but yeah it it really does work <laughs> there's no proverb that's a cliche <laughs> oh hang on is ever old englishman knew what they were saying they knew it uh, yeah so that's it guys wow. there's a lot of misconceptions Wow, that was a good episode, guys. It just you just you guys just given me what I need to do for my minor child psychology. So thank you very much. Yeah, this was um an episode we needed to do in theme of the mental health awareness month. We couldn't come back and ignore that May is mental health awareness month. So yeah, check on your. Others, check on your sisters, check on your yeah, friends. Yeah, check on your loved ones. Uh, hello, how are you doing? Just, and we have this habit of when someone asks you how you're doing, it's just Good. very generic, I'm okay. Just Thank check you. on people. Create yeah. a, a space where somebody can actually tell you how they feel. Because wow. life is hard. In Kenya, life is hard. Everything is expensive. <laughs> we are struggling. It is. Home. people may Allah make it easier for us because oh, it- but it's bad it's it's really bad and it doesn't seem to be getting better every day is a struggle people are struggling to get jobs people are struggling to make ends meet yeah. they're raising taxes on everything everything it, it's just a struggle and that can take a toll on your mental health so just normalize Seek help, guys. Yeah, reach out. If you have a friend you can trust, reach out to them. Check on your people. People are committing suicide left, right, and center just because they feel like they're alone. So just assure somebody somewhere that they're not alone. Yeah, it's okay to not be okay. Thank you for listening. Hashtag. Until next time guys. Bye-bye. Bye.